Hey, welcome back to Mountain Man Nutrition outside of Denver, Colorado in the foothills. My name is Jeffrey Hipschman and I'm a professional chef and nutritional therapist student. So here we go. This is episode number three and we're going to do the cooking episode because I am a chef and we haven't really talked about cooking or food as of yet. So uh, a little bit of background on my cooking. You know, I started... Um, cooking when I was 16 years old in a authentic Irish pub in St. Louis, Missouri called the John D. McGurk's. Still there. What's great about the uh, John D. McGurk's is they bring in authentic Irish music every month or all the time. They fly uh, uh, Irish musicians in from Ireland. They put them in housing and they play for a couple weeks or um, wherever how long they they have them and every single day they have authentic Irish music Irish music and it's really cool so uh, when I was 16 years old I got a blind job in the kitchen there and um, started my culinary adventure and then later on I didn't want to be a line cook for my whole life you know so I went back to culinary school later on and got my culinary degree and from there it just took off I uh, cooked at a place called Monarch, which is not there anymore, but it was awesome. Uh, sauteed duck, fish, lamb, really upscale, nice, uh, awesome restaurant. I loved the chef there at the time. And then uh, as soon as I graduated culinary school, I uh, went to uh, the Virgin Islands, on the island of St. Thomas, and worked at a couple restaurants there. One real uh, high fine dining. We used to do 12 and 14 course meals, and then also worked at a couple casual um, restaurants there where we had the pretty much free reign to do whatever we wanted. And it was great because the chef would just walk in and go, okay, you know, clean out the walk-in. And then we would be creating specials um, on the fly every single day. And it really, really improved my uh, culinary ability to put this together with that and this together with that. Plus, in a restaurant, it's very important because this is how you save money, make money, is utilizing product uh, that you have that needs to go. You know, you don't want... Um, uh, lettuce going rotten in your refrigerator you need to use it you know or beans that's already cooked off you don't want them sitting there so you want to use it so this was awesome and then from there uh, uh, back to St. Louis I've cooked in Oklahoma Alabama uh, back to my roots my family's from Alabama so I went down there for a while a year and a half to cook uh, different restaurants and wine bars and things I moved to Hawaii and worked uh, in Hawaii for a while. I moved to Siberia, Russia of all places and uh, that was pretty awesome. You're talking about some phenomenal traditional foods that they still eat from their ancestors. A lot of uh, <clears throat> offal which is liver, heart, lung, stomach. Um, they, they put the blood in the stomach and bake it and then scoop it out. It's really intense um, but uh, some of the most nutritious food in the world. Um, they have dumplings and uh, lots of different uh, traditionally fermented foods like the cabbage salad they have is just fermented with salt, which is a phenomenal way of cooking. Um, so many uh, uh, different uh, cooking. I cooked in San Diego, California for a while. So I've uh, been around the world, uh, many places in the United States cooking under different chefs, uh, different cuisines, different types of food. And it's just uh, uh, my love for food and cooking uh, couldn't be more uh, intense. And it, it relaxes me. 
Um, cooking for the family or cooking just relaxes me. It's fun. And I know everybody doesn't have that experience. I kind of uh, relate it to people who like to garden. You know, it relaxes them. My Uncle Jerry is a gardener. He loves to get out there and work in the in the yard and cut the grass and pull weeds and water the flowers and uh, just in, enjoys it. It's relaxing to him. To me, it's work. <laughs> you know, to me, it's, it's like not, it's stressful and it's not fun and uh, I don't enjoy gardening, although I love uh, herb gardens. Um, but uh, it's the same for people with cooking. Some people it's stressful and it's work and it's something extra to do. And it's uh, other people, they just love it. It's relaxing and fun for them and they get to create or they get to follow a recipe. Um, so no matter uh, what type you are, um, you can still eat healthy, um, cook healthy, and uh um, live an uh, optimal healthy life. If you hate cooking or you love it, it's still open to you. So we're willing to, I'm willing to work with you on that. If you're interested, if you need recipes or um, cooking classes, all those type of things online or uh, in person, I am available for that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit of my resume and, and what, I, what I come from and the background I do. So uh, I have a new thing on my Instagram, it's what's for dinner. So I'm taking pictures of all the different foods that I eat and my family eats and I cook for different people. Um, so it's important, I think, for people who are going to trust in me to walk them through uh, how to cook or what to cook or what to eat that they see exactly what I'm doing in my personal life because I can't uh, be eating Dunkin Donuts and then be telling you to eat you know your leafy green vegetables so it's not gonna work if I'm uh, not following my own advice right so I, I want to make sure everybody's clear on you know what I'm eating so I think uh, what's for dinner is a great way to just snap snap a couple pictures of what we're cooking and why we're cooking, maybe do some videos, um, get the kids involved, things like that. So I think that's important. <clears throat> so one thing I want to talk about first in cooking and especially insulin resistance, and there's a siren going on outside, that's interesting. Uh, so cooking with insulin resistance, one thing we want to talk about is turkey and chicken. So turkey and chicken have a, uh, uh, they can raise your insulin without spiking your sugar. There's uh, um, enzymes and, and um, nutrients in there that can actually spike insulin without uh, raising your sugar. And, and that's interesting. Not to mention turkey and chicken are not so fatty. You know, we want to eat, because we're not eating carbohydrates, we need to replace it with something. And healthy, good um, animal fats is a great source um, to replace your carbohydrates with. Um, your body will run way better on healthy fats, more nutritious, and we wanna do grass-fed, free-range, um, really, you know, this farm-raised five million cattle in a, in a 50-foot square foot place is, is not healthy. Eating corn and, and grains uh, is not what you want. You want pasture-raised, uh, organic uh, beef and pork and your chicken so this is what I would focus on eating this now some people would say wow it's too expensive to eat grass-fed beef well consider that you're not going to be eating one pound burgers or half pound burgers or a full piece of ribeye 
you know, really, um, you're only going to want three or four ounces of your protein per meal. Um, and, that, and that could change per person, but I highly recommend that you eat a moderate protein diet because, uh, as we do know, protein can turn into uh, sugar in your body, uh, glyconeogenesis. It will, your body will turn it into sugar uh, and utilize it. Um, so we don't want that to happen. So we want to use our protein for building blocks, you know, to repair our muscles, repair our cells, build our, um, our body up, uh, and do all the functions that protein need, but not use the protein for energy. So we want to have the healthiest protein we can, including animal fats, <clears throat> and the fats are super important, um, and we want to up our fats. So one way to do that is to get rid of the chicken and turkey that spike your insulin anyway, that does not have high fat, um, to duck. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, duck, oh, it's red meat, it's, you eat it rare or raw or, you know, medium, it's just, I don't like it, it's gross. Um, we don't have to eat it that way. You know, I love duck, I love it medium rare, I loved it cooked all the way. Um, I just, I just love duck. It's, it's a great fatty, um, delicious uh, meal. And, and it's it's really healthy, especially if you get the, the heritage breeds and um, you, you find a good source uh, for your duck. So if you don't like the medium rare and the medium and that kind of grosses you out, treat it like a chicken. Treat your duck like a chicken. And one of the f funnest ones that I will do, I'll do uh, two main ones. I'll just roast the duck off. Uh, whole duck, I even cut it up, cut the, down the back and lay it flat and roast it, slow roast it for an hour um, in the oven and then just whack it up and we all eat it. But another one, uh, and more fun is actually just duck soup. So we do a lot of one pot cooking and a crock pot cooking here. Cause I work uh, 50 hours a week. We have two kids, you know, uh, doing podcasts and I'm going to school full time and, uh, we, and I'm the cook in the family. So I like to, you know, I put a duck in the crock pot before I go to bed, um, and then pull it out in the morning. You know, or before I go to work, have that duck in the crock pot, let it cook all day, and then pull it out and make my soup. So really simple. You know, you just you you, you cook your uh, your duck all day in the in the crock pot. You come home, you throw some onions down in a saute pan or in your your cooking pot. You know, you strain your duck, separate the juice from the the meat, and then you cool it a little bit, and you pull all that awesome meat out. Save your duck bones because you're gonna use that for beef, or for broth, um, actually bone broth later. You know, you just save those, freeze them, keep them, and then all your bones together, you'll put it in a bone broth. But then you just saute your onions. I throw some cabbage, uh, saute my cabbage off, and then saute some shredded carrot. Super simple, three ingredients, throw some garlic in there, um, maybe some fresh, uh, I either cilantro or parsley, both of them are, are great for um, removing toxins uh, from your body, especially heavy metals. So I always re recommend throwing some fresh herbs into your duck, um, no matter what kind of herb you want, your rosemary, whatever you like. So then you saute that off, you, you put your meat and your duck stock back into your um, pot, and then there's your soup. Super simple, delicious, fatty, um, good, good vegetables in there it's 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 really simple and really easy and then you have your duck soup now what's great about that is I, I always throw a tablespoon of butter I pull my 
soup, I would get me a bowl and put a tablespoon of uh, grass-fed butter in there to add a little bit of uh, flavor, some nice healthy butter fat, which is great for you. <clears throat> and it's it's a delicious thing. So what do you do with the leftovers? Well, I eat that one day, and the next day I have a, a, a little bit of broth and soup over. I eat it for breakfast. I poach an egg. And this is a, a great way to get a, a, a little bit of different breakfast, or even for dinner um, the next day, I poach an egg in it. I poach an egg, um, sometimes throw some more fresh cilantro in there, and uh, eat a, eat a uh, poached egg with my, my duck soup. And it's super refreshing in the morning. Uh, just enough protein, great healthy fat, and it's wonderful. Another thing you can do is throw a can of coconut milk in there. Completely changes the whole profile of the soup. Throw some more cilantro in there, coconut milk, poach some eggs if you want, uh, and it changes the, the complexity of the soup. Plus, it gives you some more phenomenal healthy fat that you can use. Um, your body will love you for. Um, nourishing your body with coconut milk is a, is a great source of healthy fat. So, um, again, we're talking about replacing chicken and turkey, which is low fat content, also spikes your insulin, with a more flavorful, uh, more nutrient dense duck. And I highly recommend that. So, another uh, <clears throat> uh, something I'm actually cooking today, I thought I would just throw it in there, is um, uh, fermented, uh, I do a fermented red sauce with, uh, today I'm doing it with a, uh, a ground pork so uh, a super healthy um, good uh, sourced ground pork sauteed off with onions just like you would starting a spaghetti and then I ferment I ferment uh, red sauce so I take some tomato paste and some whey um, some water and I sit it out for three days in a jar and let it ferment for three days and then I put it in the refrigerator right and it's a super thick um, base like a red sauce base if you tomato base um, so then I, I put my base in there that's fermented which is super healthy for you great for your gut um, some prebiotics um, that your gut bacteria will feed on and and we want to put as much um, at least once a day some kind of fermented vegetables um, in there for you I think unless you know you have some other digestive issues going on where you shouldn't be eating that and that's on a bio individual basis and that's for you we would have to find that out you know through our evaluation through um, uh, palpitations through a functional evaluation I would find out what your digestion looks like and can you handle fermented vegetables now but for me and my family um, I definitely add fermented uh, in this way it's fermented tomato yeah and you could throw you can even do it with fresh tomato just grind them up and put them in that jar um, but I like to use organic tomato paste <clears throat> so uh, after three days I throw it in there with a sausage ground sausage cooking and the onions and then add a little bit more um, this is when I add my bone stock to my sauce um, and you can you know add your own homemade bone stock you can buy bone bone broth at the uh, grocery store or you know there's a um, a lot of great products out there now um, I like um, and I got some for free which is awesome at our uh, nutritional therapist uh, school um, is uh, bone broth with collagen and I put that in there it's from vital proteins um, I, I like it it's super simple I just like it's crystals 
um, and you just throw it in there and it and it makes it add some bone broth so either way if you have some bone broth laying around or you bought some at the store I highly recommend you add bone broth to your uh, almost everything that you're doing because it's it's super nourishing <clears throat> so I let that cook for about an hour. I, I do uh, uh, dried, a mixture of dried and fresh herbs, um, obviously organic, because uh, that's what you want. You don't want to be eating glyphosate. That's not a healthy thing to do. Um, so you want to source your, your herbs, uh, either grow them yourself uh, or um, obviously get them from a, a reputable um, organic source. Um, and lots of fresh herbs in there. Um, I like to throw baby kale. Um, I like organic baby kale um, into my red sauces. I chop it up kind of small so the kids don't wig out or freak out, but it's it's something I throw in at the last minute. And then uh, well, some people are asking, but you can't have pasta. Um, or And I say I don't, not that I can't have pasta, I choose not to because I know what it does to me. It makes me fat, lethargic, um, stomach store, tired, you know, spikes my sugar, spikes my insulin. So I just, I don't. It's not that I can't have it, I choose not to. Um, and that's way better way to look at it is, you know, you want to put in your body what you want to put in your body. And so um, sauteed broccoli, um, sauteed cabbage, um, and put this, uh, some people do riced cauliflower, um, but I, I like to just to mix sauteed vegetables and, and throw the red sauce over that. Or just put that red sauce with their sausage right in a bowl and just eat it that way. Either way. Um, but uh, but the vegetable, sauteed vegetable really quick or, or poached, uh, lightly steamed um, broccoli or cauliflower or anything like that is good. Don't uh, overcook your veggies. You know, you want to cook them enough to bring out the nutrients in them, but you don't want to uh, cook them so bad that there's nothing, no reason to eat them anymore because there's no nutrients. And I see that at the restaurant a lot. A lot of people like super well done steamed um, broccoli or green beans extra steamed, you know, or extra soft. And there's no nutrients left in that. So um, I, I know they're easier to chew or whatever your reason. You just like soft vegetables. Crust, crunchy, fresh vegetables um slightly steamed slightly sauteed are the best way to go because the the cooking process will release uh, a lot of the nutrients that your body um can't utilize unless it is slightly cooked um but also it will um it just tastes better you know and and your body can uptake those uh slightly cooked nutrients and then there's some foods that you know are better eaten raw because your body can uptake those nutrients and that's another discussion but uh, so sauteed onions, sauteed garlic, uh, some ground pork, and then your fermented red sauce with some fresh herbs and dried herbs in there. I always put my dried herbs in with my, uh, my oil and onions to bring out the, the oils in the herbs. You know, you want to release those. You want to bloom those herbs um, so the fresh oils and nutrients are released out of those dried herbs. And you don't want dried herbs that have been dried for six years. Yeah, you want, um, you know, dried herbs that are, are organic and haven't been dried forever. So uh, if you, you know, buy an extra abundant of herbs and just hang them up above your sink or above your stove or whatever and let them dry and then you can just pull them off and use them yourself. It's the best way um, to do it. So anyway, that's a easy, um, low glycemic good amount of fat um, fermented red sauce you know if you want to uh, I highly recommend you throw uh, half a stick of butter in there to finish it 
you know, um, four or five tablespoons of butter. I mix that around um, at a low temperature after it's off the heat um, to get some extra great healthy fat in there and then pour it right over your, your vegetables. It's, it's a good healthy um, option for you. <clears throat> so uh, fermenting. So we talked a little bit about that and uh, I want to continue to talk about that because it is a is a the traditional way of preserving food and uh, a lot of people talk about how nitrates and nitrites and um, are really bad for you and, and the science is kind of up and down on that I, I'm not really clear if all the science is is true and I haven't read um, any studies on it but I just keep hearing people talk about it on podcasts and this and that and I'm, I'm going to say that those are relatively new and modern ways to process food um, or to cure food. And I think that salt is the way to go on anything like that. Like if, like making bacon, the uncured, just use salt. Only no nitrates is the way to go. If you uh, make a cabbage slaw, just salt. You know, if you're going to um, make pickles, salt and whey. You know, it's super traditional. You don't need to um, put all kinds of weird stuff in there to, to ferment. Um, and I, one of my favorite, new favorite cookbooks is uh, uh, by Sally Fallon. And a lot of you may have heard of her because she's pretty famous and pretty genius about uh, traditional cooking. And her cookbook, uh, one of them, and she's got a bone broth book too and a couple other things going on. But Nourishing Traditions is a fantastic cookbook, especially if you want to, you know, do some, a lot of basic stuff like make your own ketchup, which I love, or make your own mustard or um, things like that. Um, making fermented, she really goes over and gets a lot of talking about uh, traditional ways of fermenting and using salt and whey. Um, and you can make your own whey. Uh, and here's a little key, especially if you're in Colorado. Um, if, if you don't have a particular farm where you can get raw milk from, because you want to use raw whey, uh, raw goat milk or raw cow's milk, um, it's kind of a bonus because you get to make a homemade raw cheese and you get your whey at the same time. So uh, the trick is if you go to the high-end pet store, they sell raw milk, raw goat milk, raw um, uh, dairy um, that in a lot of places it's illegal to sell in grocery stores. You can't sell raw milk in a lot of states or even sometimes farmers can't even sell it. In Colorado they can, but it's sometimes it's difficult to find or you have to buy a, um, a cow share. And if you're not willing to do that, just go to the local high-end pet store and grab the raw milk there. They'll come frozen and you just thaw it out and then let it sit for three days and separate. Pull your cheese, strain it in through some cheesecloth, and then you have an awesome, rich... Um, Schmitana would be the Russian word for it, or Dvorak would be uh, fresh cheese, yeah? And then uh, um, you have this beautiful way that you will use to ferment your vegetables. You ferment your um, pickles or your um, carrots or, you know, your homemade tomato sauce. And it's simple, easy. And she walks you through this, uh, this kind of stuff in nourishing traditions. It's all in a great place. And plus there's a great... Um, section in fermenting um, your grains if you're going to eat grains um, which right now if you're insulin resistant I would stay away from um, but then there's tons of great recipes in here and it's just kind of fun to read so she's uh, it's it's definitely uh, not a politically correct cookbook right she she goes against uh, 
your mainstream diet, your mainstream nutritionist, your mainstream doctor, she's going to tell you completely the opposite of anything they're going to tell you, which is actually uh, what I believe in and what I promote. So this is right in line with uh, how I cook and uh, how I believe in the cookbook uh, that challenges politically correct nutrition and the diet dictocrats is what she calls it, which is great. So this is a, uh, if you haven't seen this, check it out. It's a great cookbook and uh, you can learn a lot uh, from reading this cookbook and uh, I highly recommend it. So this is where we come into uh, the next uh, uh, portion of this particular podcast. We're going to talk about therapeutic foods a little bit and I'm just going to put out there um, one of the foods that's most therapeutic, especially um, if you're started a keto or paleo diet in in um, maybe your results are good, maybe they're not yet. Um, you got to make sure that your gallbladder is working properly. Because what happens uh, in, when you come off a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet, you know, and if you've been on that diet for five years, ten years, twenty years, like most Americans, you know, eating everything low-fat, your gallbladder uh, doesn't work as optimally as it should. Because what happens is you, your, your liver and your gallbladder, it, your liver produces this bile and, and it fills up into your gallbladder. You know, and this, and this gallbladder holds this bile, and then when you eat fat, uh, it's triggered to squeeze that bile out into your uh, the lobnum, your small intestine. And uh, then that bile helps to break down the fats. So what happens if you don't eat any fat is that bile sits in there and it sits in there and it sits in there and it hardens up and gets stale and gets crunchy and, and your bladder loses its ability to squeeze that stuff out. You know, because it's not working at all or barely working. So that stuff can get awful unky in there. And um, your gallbladder just doesn't work that much. That's why people have to have their gallbladder removed. Or they choose to because they don't understand that you can therapeutically fix that gallbladder with nutrition. So uh, a lot of people without gallbladders that, that, you know, if they would have nutritionally fixed that, they wouldn't have had to have that surgery, I believe. Some people, it's just, it's, it's been going on, low, you know, too long and too far, and it, your gallbladder is never going to come back, and they have to have the surgery. But on a lot of us, if it's, it's just dysfunctioning or isn't working that great, it can be fixed, um, I believe, personally, uh, nutritionally. And so one way to make sure that your gallbladder is functioning optimally, um, and this could take a while, but add beets to your diet. Beets are the gold mine when it comes to um, gallbladder function. You know, it has uh, high levels of folate, high levels of manganese in there, and it supports that gallbladder um, function. Um, eat a beet a day, you know, or a couple beets a week. You know, definitely add beets raw, to your salad, cooked beets, fermented beets. Um, I uh, I love beets. Um, I spent a lot of time in Russia and they eat a ton of beets there, and it's uh, it's super yummy. I like borscht soup, which is in there. Beet salads. A simple one would be just cabbage, beets, and carrots. Um, you know, mix. Throw a little uh, fresh avocado mayo on top. Mix it up. A little walnut on there. Super good. You know, um, beets and mayo is super popular. Uh, with a little walnut. Um, some people, uh, uh, you know, just shred it raw right onto their salads, which is delicious as well. Or shred it cooked right onto your salad. But uh, I highly recommend that you, you put beets in your bite if you're on a paleo or even keto. Yes, there's sugar in it, um, but I think, or the carbohydrates in it. And I think um, if you add it to your diet, or 
uh, it, the nutrient density is gonna outweigh the carbs because even if you're um, insulin resistance you know 20 carbs uh, grams of carbs a day um, some of that can come from beets and I think that's it's a good option that's one of those carbohydrates that um, is so nutrient dense and so good for you and uh, uh, so uh, good functioning for your gallbladder especially if you're on a keto or paleo diet because you have to have that gallbladder working optimally to be able to um, break down those fats that your liver is going to use to produce ketones you know so uh, therapeutic food number one beets eat them they're delicious all right so we're almost at the 30 minute mark i learned how to track the time on my garage band uh program here that i downloaded to do these podcasts and i had no clue how to do it and see it but uh um I know how to do it now, so this is one giant experiment to figure out how to podcast and what to do and how to upload them. And um, so, that one thing too is editing. Huh. I've had phones ring, I've had computer glitches, I've had audio glitches, all kinds of stuff. The lawnmower is going outside. Um, I want it to be as raw as possible. You know, there's one thing I don't like about Instagram or Facebook or these things is everything is all not everything, but a lot of stuff is all like butterflies and puppy dogs you know everybody's life is perfect and awesome and uh there's no you know real life involved in that stuff and so i'm really just trying to promote real life you know i make mistakes things happen glitches happen and i'm just gonna leave it all in there um just because it's real to life you know if something happens it's it's going in there um because it's real you know what I mean? And nobody's perfect. And, and especially if you're working on insulin resistance, you know, or diabetes or um, any other, you know, digestive issue or what's going on, man. Real life happens and things go wrong and we need to be able to handle that, you know. Um, and, and it helps to know that other people go through that kind of stuff. You know, things aren't always peachy, especially when you're trying to, you know, uh, get rid of your sugar addiction or your food addiction. I was 340, 360 pounds at one point in my life. There was no way you can get that big and not have a food addiction. You know, I remember driving from one fast food joint to the next, getting my favorite foods and then hiding it. And what was funny is I was hiding it from nobody because nobody was around and I lived on my own. So who am I hiding it from? So this kind of behavior, um, I get it. I understand it. And it is uh, it's beatable. You know, this mental game with food is absolutely beatable. Um, but it takes time. And you got to do the work. You know, the only way through is through. And so with that, I'm going to say good luck, good wishes. And uh, I hope uh, you get some benefit um, out of this recording because I sure have. And I'm looking forward to episode number four. Thank you for listening. Um, you can see me at um, www.nutritionmountainman.com uh, is my, uh, uh, what is it? It's a website. Yep. I'm also on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Check me out. Thanks.